I dare you. You're going to be hearing that a lot this weekend. I dare you. The question is, what are you going to do about it? So YouthFest has been running for a few years now. I think it's been five consecutive years that we've had YouthFest. Amen. Thank you. Someone's excited about that. And each year we have a specific theme. You know this year's theme. I dare you. But as I was thinking about our previous years, I started to think about the themes we've had, and I need you to to understand that we don't just pull these themes out of a hat and think, okay, cool, that's what we're going to go with. It's usually something that the Lord is placing on our hearts, something that maybe we're feeling challenged to do. It's God-given, I believe. And as I was thinking about it, I think it became clearer to me than ever before that the Lord is the one who decides the themes for Youth Fest, not us. In 2015, the theme was stand up, stand out. In 2016, it was love. In 2017, it was unity. Last year, it was bravery. And as I was thinking about these themes, I realized, because this picture started to form in my mind, that you know what? All of this works together. Everything we've been doing over the past five years has been building up to this moment. Everything is connected. It wasn't planned intentionally that way. I mean, how could we have planned five years ago that we'd be standing here tonight with this theme? I mean, we could have planned it, but we didn't, and that's what's so beautiful about it, is that all of these themes tie in together. This year, we're daring to do what God is calling us to do, and to do that, we need to be brave. And sometimes, being brave means showing love to those that society deems unlovable or unworthy of love. And when we show love, the godly kind of love, unity begins to form. The kind of unity that looks different than the world. The kind that makes us stand out from the rest. It's as though everything we've done since 2015 was building up to tonight building up to this moment, building up to this challenge, a challenge that God is setting before you and I tonight, where he is saying, stand up, stand out, go and show God's love to the world, grow in unity with one another, and be brave in your faith, I dare you. That's it. That's pretty much my entire message in one sentence. So if you stop listening to me right now, which I hope you don't, But if that's what you take home tonight, it's good enough. Stand up and stand out. Go and show God's love to the world. Grow in unity with one another and be brave in your faith. I dare you. You see, everything we do here, and I'm not just talking about church and youth face. I'm talking about the Bible studies you attend, the cell groups, even your own personal Bible study. All of these things lead us to one question, and that is, What are you doing about it? You can sit there and I can stand here and talk until I'm blue in the face, but what will it mean if we're not acting about what the Lord is challenging us on? So what I want us to realize tonight is that everything we're doing here has to result in some sort of action. It's no good if you listen, okay, cool, go home and do nothing. 
So we either accept the challenge to do something about it, or we let it go in one ear and out the other and remain completely unchanged. But whatever the result is, it's your choice. You choose whether you're transformed or not. And this choice is personal. I can't do it for you. You have to decide for yourself. But each of us have to make the choice. And the challenge that I want to leave you with tonight is also the title of my message, which is, I dare you to make the choice. Cool. What choice? What is it that I'm asking you to choose? And why am I daring you to make the choice? Well, if you came across our social media posts, you may have come across this caption that said, dare to stand apart from the crowd. Dare to live a different life to what the world shows you. Dare to live in your God-given purpose. Dare to do what is right, even when it's difficult. We dare you. So what I'm daring you tonight is to make the choice to either accept this or not. Choose to live for God and choose to be different or choose to live in the world and blend in. And we need to make this choice because you cannot sit on the fence. You cannot sit with one foot in the world and one foot in the church and think that it's going to work. You're either hot or you're cold, not lukewarm. So you need to decide, are you going to continue sitting in the fence or are you going to choose to live for him or are you going to choose to live in the world? I hope you choose to live for him. So I'm hoping that my message tonight is going to challenge you. If you've been wrestling with this question, if you've been struggling to surrender completely to him, then I hope that after tonight, you're going to be able to make a choice. That you're going to be able to decide, you know what, I'm done with the things of this world. I want to surrender to him completely. I dare to choose. Dare to choose a life of difference. Daring to live a life of difference can seem scary. I understand that if that's what's been... Keeping you back from making the choice is the fear I understand, but it doesn't have to hold you back. And in some situations, it seems impossible to live a life of difference. But God wouldn't ask us to do something without giving us the ability to do so. When we make that choice to live differently, he enables us to do it. He helps us to do it, and tonight, to help us see this, to help us understand that, you know what, it can be challenging to make this choice, but it is possible to live a life of difference, we're going to look at the life of someone, a young man who dared to be different even when it was difficult, and that young man is named Daniel. Now, Daniel's story is filled with lessons, encouragement, and evidence that choosing God's way in the face of resistance is, in fact, possible. See, I think we tend to give up too easily. We face a bit of resistance and we give up. But Daniel continued to live differently even in the face of resistance. So as we talk about his story tonight, I want to point out how he dared to make the choice to live the life that God had called him to. How he dared to live God's life God's way. How he dared to live a life of difference and how he dared to make the choice. You ready for that? All right, so Daniel's story. We start in Daniel chapter 1. That's where the story begins, long, long time ago. And what we, we start the story with is finding out that the king of Judah lost to the king of Babylon, to King Nebuchadnezzar. 
And King Nebuchadnezzar gave this instruction that he wants some young men brought who were strong, good-looking, gifted and wise, knowledgeable, and who would be able to serve in his palace. So a group of young men were brought and were gathered and brought to Babylon. So we're going to pick up from verse 5, where it says, And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that they might serve before the king. Daniel was part of this group of young men who were brought to Babylon. It was him and a couple of friends, his friends whom we now know as uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And based on what we just read, we know that they're going to go through a process of training with the intention of being given a position to serve the king after three years. And during this time, they're going to eat food from the, the king's table, basically, royal food and wine. Now tell me, if your homeland was raided, you were taken captive, but you were given a place to sleep, you were given an education, you were guaranteed a position in some sort of work after those three years, plus you are going to be eating royal food. Does that sound like something to complain about? I mean, sure, I've been taken away from my home, but it can't be that bad, right? So to us, we think, okay, doesn't sound like the worst deal. But Daniel had a different reaction. In verse 8, we see that Daniel's purpose in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with, with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. The king is offering him choice food and wine, and Daniel is saying, no, thank you. Why? Everybody else is eating of the stuff. It's not like the food is bad, but he's choosing not to. So he asks to not eat this food. He wants something different. But of course, the chief of the eunuchs didn't really want to do this. He was hesitant because if Daniel and his friends don't eat this food, they're going to start to look weaker than everybody else. And that puts the chief in trouble. So the chief is a bit hesitant. So Daniel says in verse 12, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Wait. Daniel is asking, I don't want to eat the king's food or drink his wine. Please give me vegetables and water instead. Who would make that choice? <laughs> then he goes on to say, then test the appear our appearance. Um, then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, deal with your servants. So he's saying, okay, just test this out. We don't want to eat the king's food. Give us water and vegetables, and then you can make the choice whether you're going to make us eat the king's food or not. So they agree to that. And at the end of the 10 days, in verse 15, it says, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for the four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions. Verse 19 says, when their time of training came to an end, then the king interviewed them, and among them all, um, among them all none was found like Daniel and his friends. Therefore they served before the king, 
And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. Daniel made a choice. And in a way, we are being challenged to make the same choice. Not exactly swapping out meat and wine for vegetable and water, but we're being challenged to make a choice. So I want to talk about four points, four choices which Daniel made, and these are four choices that each and every one of us need to make. In this first chapter, we see Daniel is faced with a challenge. Although there is technically nothing wrong with the food that the king is offering them, the problem comes in with the intention behind it. See, we need to understand what it meant. The king's plan was to conquer as many kingdoms as possible, bring these young men into Babylon, teach them their ways, have them indulge in good food, and let them, get them to think and behave like the Babylonians. That way, the kingdom of Babylon would grow. So although there was nothing wrong with the food, the problem was with what it represented. Daniel did not want to be associated with that. That left Daniel with a choice. Eat the king's food, indulge in it, and compromise in what he believes, or don't eat the king's food and honor God. Daniel made the choice, and we see in verse 8 that he chose to honor God rather than just go with the flow. He refused to eat the king's food because choosing to do so would mean going against God's word. Now, all of the young men that had been taken to Babylon were eating of this food. They were going through this training period, giving this amazing food and wine, and the easy choice would have been to just go along with it because everybody else is doing it. But Daniel dared to make the choice which was different, the choice which went against the flow, the choice which was difficult. Daniel dared to make the choice, and this is our first point, to stand apart. When Daniel chose to honor God, refusing to eat the king's food and eat, the veg- and eat vegetables instead, that choice set him apart from the rest. He stood out from the crowd, and I guarantee you that everybody noticed that Daniel's plate did not have the choice food but was filled with vegetables instead. So by choosing to honor God rather than the society he was in, Daniel chose to stood out. And I'm sure that was a difficult choice. In a group of guys, you're the only one eating vegetables while you and your friends are eating vegetables. You think the other guys left him alone? They probably teased him. Daniel, what is up with you, man? Have a piece of the steak. It's great. I'm good with my carrot. Thank you. (laughs) So it must not have been easy. I'm sure he got a lot of teasing. I'm sure he was kind of like pushed aside, like what is wrong with you? You're not eating and drinking with us. You're not indulging with us. It set him apart. But because he chose to do this, God showed favor upon him. See, Daniel didn't only stand apart because of his choices not to eat the king's food, but the choice resulted in him being set apart from the rest because he turned out stronger and more successful in his training. He was set apart in choosing not to eat the king's food, and God set him apart and made him ten times better than the rest. God honors our choice to be faithful, honors our choice to stand firm on our convictions, honors our choice not to compromise. Daniel dared to make the choice to stand out. Now, making that kind of choice is difficult. 
But making the choice to stand out from the crowd, to stand apart from the world, becomes a lot easier when you have a support system, a community, people that you can rely on. So Daniel wasn't alone. He had some friends with him. So Daniel didn't just dare to stand apart and stand out. He was able to do this because he dared to stand together. Our second point, Daniel dared to make the choice to stand together. His choice became easier to make and follow through on because his friends stood with him and they held each other accountable. Now understand there are going to be times when you are going to have to stand alone in the choice you make. And in those situations, the Lord is going to give you the strength to do it. He's going to help you through it. But guys, you should not be standing alone all the time. We need a support system. We need community. We need family. We need unity. Because God created us as relational beings. So we need that support system and accountability. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood together. They all ate the vegetables and drank water instead of the king's food. They stood out together. They supported one another. They encouraged one another. And they held each other accountable and stood together in unity. Daniel did to stand together. Now, have you ever noticed that when you're with your friends, you're somehow a lot braver than when you are alone? When you stand together, you feel supported. You feel more courageous. So asking the king to eat something else rather than his food was, was brave. It was a choice that was different, and asking it meant going against the king's orders. So it takes courage to do something like that. And this isn't the only choice that Daniel made which required bravery. There are many examples in his life where Daniel chose to be brave. So not only did he choose to stand out, not only did he dare to stand together, but he dared to be brave. So asking for a different diet doesn't sound like the bravest thing to do. So we're going to go a little further into Daniel's story and find other choices he made that required bravery. In Daniel chapter 2, we read about King Nebuchadnezzar having these dreams, dreams that left him fearful and confused. It left him feeling troubled, and he wasn't able to sleep because of these dreams. So then he calls upon the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers to come and interpret this dream for him. However, he didn't tell them what the dream was. He said, I want you to tell me what I dreamt, and then I want you to tell me what it means. We read in verse 5 and 6, the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, my decision is firm if you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation. The Old Testament was violent, guys. <laughs> you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. No pressure. However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. None of them could do this, and I wonder why. Can you tell me what I dream? I can't tell you what you dream unless you tell me. That's how dreams work. They're personal. So here the king is saying, tell me what I dreamt and interpret it for me or else. Sinister music plays in the background. In verse 13, uh, 12 to 13, 
The king got upset because, well, they couldn't answer him. I can't tell you, king, what your dream is because I am not plugged in, right? Inception, whatever. (laughs) So for this reason, the king was angry and very furious, and he gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. That's a bit extreme. He's throwing a tantrum now. So the decree went out, and they began killing the wise men, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Okay, so now Daniel, his life is on the line, and when he finds out why, he's like, okay, if the king says so, my time has come. No, Daniel makes another choice. In verse 16, it says, so Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. What? Daring to do the impossible. Uh huh. So then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to his friends that they might seek mercies from God of heaven concerning the secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a, in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel dared to be brave by asking the king to interpret his dream although the so-called professionals had failed, epically, so much so that the king is killing people left, right, and center. It takes courage, knowing that your life is on the line, to still go ahead and ask to attempt something that is pretty much impossible. But notice again how Daniel was not alone. Daniel told his friends, and he asked for their support, and they stood together. Daniel made another difficult choice, a choice that stood out, and once again, God honored him for it by giving him the dream and its interpretation. How cool is that? God gave him what the king had dreamt and the interpretation. So Daniel dared to be brave. Another great example of Daniel's choice to be brave is seen in Daniel chapter 6. And I'm pretty sure this is a story that you have all heard at some point if you went to Sunday school, Daniel in the lion's den. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're familiar with the story. Daniel stood by his convictions. He did what was right, honest, and he was faithful. He did his job and he did it well. And because of this, He found favor and position in the kingdom. At this point in the story, there's another king in charge now, King Darius. And the king liked Daniel and wanted to give him a high position of power. And this, of course, made the other governors jealous and upset. So they wanted to get rid of Daniel. But because Daniel was such a good guy, he wasn't corrupt, he was honest, they couldn't find any fault in him. So they gave up. Is that what happened? No. When you can't find fault in someone and you really want to get rid of them, you devise a plan. So they devised this plan and they got King Darius to sign a decree that stated that for 30 days, no one could pray to any other man or God except to King Darius. And if they were caught praying to anybody else, dum-dum-dum, they'll be thrown in the lion's den. So once again, Daniel's conviction is being put to the test and his life is being put on the line. If you are sitting with the choice between obeying the king and living or honoring God and possibly dying, which would you choose? Dying. It's very easy to say that when it's not actually happening to you. 
You're sitting comfortably in that chair. Yeah, I would choose death. Honor God, death, all the way. If someone was to walk in here now and put a gun to your head, is that going to be your answer? See, we need to understand it's very easy to make these kinds of statements that, yes, I'll do it. But when it happens, that's where the truth is going to come out, where your heart is going to be shown, where your conviction is going to be revealed. So once again, Daniel made a choice. In verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he was custom, um, as was his custom since early days. So those who had plotted against Daniel were waiting for this moment. They knew that his convictions were strong and he wasn't going to obey this decree. So they waited, and they caught him in the act, and they took him to the king and told him. So although the king liked Daniel, the decree was the decree. He had to follow through. He couldn't change it. So in verse 16, the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Even the king knew that there was something different about the God that Daniel served. And I find that interesting because he didn't just throw Daniel in the den. He said, the God which you serve will deliver you. So Daniel spent the night in the lion's den. And in verse 20, it's now the next morning and I can just picture this, you know, movie scene. The king comes up to the, uh, to the den and he shouts, Daniel, are you there? Did you make it? It says, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lion's den? Dramatic pause. Silence. The king eagerly waiting to hear a response through the stone wall. And then suddenly, O king, live forever. My, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, king, I have done no wrong to you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God. Once again, Daniel made a choice. Once again, God honored him for it. Daniel was brave in choosing to worship God instead of worshiping the king, even though that was the decree, even though it meant that his life was on the line. Knowing that choosing to stand by your convictions and not compromise could cost you your life, would you still choose it? Daniel dared to be brave. Our lives might not be put on the line like that. But choosing to stand out, daring to be different to the world around us, can be scary. It can seem daunting to do so. Daring to be different means daring to be brave. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the points I'm making are connected to previous themes. I'm missing one, though. Can anyone tell me what's missing? Love, love. Daniel's story might not have obvious hints of love. The Old Testament was not the most loving 
portion of the Bible. But there are subtle hints of love in Daniel's story. And I want to point this out because so often I think we, we think that to show love to others needs to be this grand gesture. It needs to be this big thing, public, loud, a big event. But sometimes showing love is in the small things. It's subtle, not so obvious. So sometimes showing love while standing by your convictions means showing respect, means choosing peace rather than conflict, means forgiveness rather than resentment, and obedience rather than rebellion. It might not be obvious, but Daniel dared to show love. He dared to show kindness. When we choose to follow God, we're choosing to show the world his love. We're choosing to show kindness while the world chooses the opposite. So how did Daniel show kindness? Well, for starters, in offering to interpret the dream of the king, Daniel chose to do this not just to spare his life, but the lives of the others, other wise men as well. This form of love, this is a form of love that he showed even to those who did not believe what he believed. The others didn't believe in the God that he believes in but he didn't treat them differently because of it. See, love is not rude and disrespectful. And Daniel spoke the truth in love. He respected. There was another dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had had, and he asked Daniel to interpret it, which Daniel did. And this dream, the interpretation was that the king was gonna go crazy. He's gonna lose his mind. He was gonna go live in the fields with the animals. Daniel interpreted this dream for him. And understanding that the king didn't believe what Daniel believed, Daniel could have just given him the interpretation and said, it's what you deserve. You want to live in sin? Go live with the beasts. Go lose your mind. Who cares? Your choice. These are the consequences of living in sin. But that's not what Daniel did. His approach was different. In Daniel chapter 4, verse 27, he says, Therefore, O king... Let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. The king doesn't believe in God. Daniel has just interpreted that the king is going to go crazy. Daniel could have just left it at that. He could have let the king go and mess up his life, not offering any advice continue to go down the path of ruin. But Daniel chose to offer some advice. He spoke truth in love. And he didn't do it without, with the expectation of having something given in return. He didn't interpret dreams for what it would mean for him. He interpreted dreams, he gave wisdom in hopes to make a difference. He didn't choose to do it because of personal gain. So giving wisdom to the kings, interpreting dreams, telling them the truth, he didn't necessarily have to do these things, but he chose to do them anyway. He could have let the kings continue in their self-indulgent and self-centered, proud ways and let them continue down the path to ruin without warning them, but he chose to warn them anyway. What the kings did with the advice was up to them, doesn't matter, but he chose to give them a warning. He chose to speak up rather than being silent. 
And so these may not have been grand gestures or necessarily obvious examples of love and kindness, but let them be examples that we can still dare to show love, dare to show kindness in the small actions we make, in the way we behave, and in the things we say. Your words have power. So Daniel made the choice over and over again. When his convictions were challenged, he made the choice to stand by them. He could have made excuses. He could have chosen the easy way. He could have chosen what was comfortable, but he didn't. When it comes to standing apart from the world, being different, we tend to make excuses. What are they going to think of me? I'm too quiet. No one's going to listen to me. I'm too shy. I can't go speak to that person. I have a reputation to uphold. I'm scared that I'm going to be judged. We make excuses. It's time to stop making excuses because the truth is, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him. So it's time to step beyond the fear. It's time to stop hiding in the shadows. It's time to break the silence. It's time to stand up, I dare you. Daniel didn't sit there contemplating what people would think of him. He didn't allow the fear of being unqualified and unable to stop him. He didn't make excuses to not make the choice to be different. He just did it. He dared to stand out, dared to stand together, dared to be brave, and dared to show love because he knew it was the right thing to do. We need to stop waiting for the perfect moment. Stop waiting until you feel ready. Spoiler, you're never going to feel ready. Stop waiting until you feel brave or until you know more. Just stop waiting and go and do it. Be different. Go against the flow and stand out from the world. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what they're going to say. It doesn't matter what you think society expects from you. It doesn't matter what the person sitting next to you thinks. What matters is what God thinks. What matters is doing what God has called you to do. So, are you doing it? Are you still waiting? Have you made the choice or are you still debating whether it's worth it? See, Daniel understood that what God thought of him was way more important than what anybody else, even the king, thought of him. Humanity's judgment meant nothing compared to God's approval. So yes, it may be scary in the moment to do something out of the ordinary. It may be embarrassing to choose what is unpopular. It may feel terrifying to behave differently than the world. And although choosing to do this may result in some people looking at you a bit strange, it may result in them laughing at you or judging you, but when you make the choice, not only is it pleasing to God, but something else happens. You gain the opportunity to make a positive impact. Your choice may change one person's life. And that kind of impact, that is worth it to me. That kind of difference is worth it. So after Daniel came out of the lion's den unharmed, King Darius wrote to all the people in verse 26 to 27, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble, before the, uh, tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. 
For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues, and he, uh, he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the, lion, from the power of the lions? Daniel's choice not only made him different, but it enabled him to make a difference. His choice helped people's eyes to be opened. If we dare to choose to live life God's way, not only will it make us different, but it will enable us to make a difference. Our choices change things, and we can either make that a positive or a negative change. So we can sit here, we're in church, which means probably everyone here claims to believe in Jesus. So we can sit here and say that we believe, but if we're not being changed and causing change, then what's really the point of your belief? Believing in Jesus is the easy part. Doesn't take anything special to believe. Living for him is where it gets difficult. Anyone can believe in Jesus. It doesn't take courage to believe. But living for him, that means doing something about your belief. And living for him means being different. Living for him takes courage. So you may say that you believe in Jesus, but are you making the choice to live for him. Believing is just the first step. The process has to continue. That belief should lead you to make changes. It should lead um, you to change the way that you think, the way that you speak, and the way that you behave, the way that you treat others. So saying that you believe, saying that you're a Christian is the easy part, but does the way you live your life reflect it? Have you made the choice to actually live for him, to live his way? If you believe in Jesus, that's great. But I dare you to start living for him. I dare you to live life his way. I dare you to live a life of difference. I dare you to make the choice. When we choose to accept the day of living God's way, to live the life that God has called us to, things begin to change and we start to step into action. But as we start to step into action, and this is important to understand, is you are going to face resistance. Whether it's from your friends or from your colleagues, from your family or people that you cross paths with, you will at some point face resistance for living out your faith. And it's when our choice is questioned, when we face that resistance, that's when your determination and heart is going to show, when your conviction is gonna show. Are we going to buckle under, give in, give up fighting the resistance and just continue to go with the flow? Or are you going to keep fighting, keep pushing, holding firmly to what you believe, standing boldly on the foundation of your faith, being grounded and rooted in the word so that we are immovable in the face of resistance? The choice is yours. Are you going to choose to live God's way or are you going to choose to live in the way of the world? Do you want to live a mediocre life, a life blending into the crowd, a life of indifference? Or do you want to live a life of meaning, a life of difference, a life of impact? See, you made the choice to come here tonight. That was no accident. As you're sitting in that chair, as you're listening to this message, God is daring you to make the choice. 
Maybe he's daring you to stop sitting on the fence and choose to follow him completely. Maybe he's daring you to turn away from the things of the world and rather turn to him. Maybe he's daring you to trust him. Maybe he's daring you to stop just believing in him and actually start living for him. So, I dare you to make the choice. I'm going to ask the band to come up and get ready as we're about to close. I dare you to make the choice. I dare you to stand out. I dare you to stand together. I dare you to be brave. I dare you to show love. I dare you to make the choice. What is your response? If you want to make that choice, to dare to be different, to dare to stop just believing in him, but dare to actually start living for him, then I want to ask you to stand to your feet if you're brave enough to publicly make that choice. And if you're uncertain, that's okay. Don't be pressured into it. But I hope that you're going to get to the point where you're going to make that choice. Dare to stand out. Dare to stand together. Dare to be brave. And dare to show love. God is daring us tonight. He's going to dare us the rest of this weekend. And we have to honestly examine our lives and decide, are we going to accept the day? Are we going to choose to live life His way? Or are we just going to continue going with the flow? Are we going to choose to do what is difficult? Or are we going to choose to do what is easy? I don't know what choice you want to make. But I pray that you choose what is difficult. And that you continue to make that choice on a daily basis. And that the Lord is going to continue to give you the strength to live out His will for your life. To make a difference in your area of influence. So let's just close in prayer. Father, I want to thank you tonight for every individual present here. I want to thank you, Lord, for your strength. For your ability in us. That you give us the strength, Lord, to stand out from the world. I pray, Father, that you're going to help us to make the choice. That we're not going to sit on the fence anymore. That we're not just going to say that we believe in you, but that we're going to make the choice to start living for you. Make the choice that is going to cause us to stand apart from the rest. The choice that is going to cause us to live a life that is different. And Father, I pray that as we choose to do this, we're going to be able to make a difference in the lives of those around us. That we're going to be able to share your love with those that we come into contact with. Father, you are daring us tonight. And I pray that we are going to accept the day. That we're going to feel your courage in us, Lord. That we're going to be enabled by you to make this choice, even when we face resistance. That we're going to be like Daniel. That whenever we face resistance, we make the choice to stand out. The choice to be different. The choice to honor you rather than men. Father, may our convictions be firm. I pray that we'll find our identity in you 
And knowing who we are in you, knowing who you created us to be, Lord, will give us the strength and the courage to live out your will. So, Father, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you for this time together. We want to thank you for what you want to do through us and in us. And I pray, Lord, that we will surrender and that we will trust you completely and that we will dare to make the choice to be different. We thank you, Lord. Amen.